Uh, all right, Albert, let's get cooking on this since everything's percolating here. We know Aaron's with Bruce, uh, with Todd Bowles, which is what I suggested about two months ago for the Jets. Uh, didn't happen, so they're going to Tampa. Kingsbury, yep. do you have Kingsbury like Schrager going to the cards? Is that it? Yep, yep. And that, okay. that's something that honestly has been in the works for three or four days. And, and, and it's interesting the way these things play out sometimes. I mean, I, I think sort of the first tell was how aggressively he was trying to get out of his USC contract late last week. Word started to circulate over the weekend that the Cardinals were, you know, not just interested in him, but interested in moving quickly to hire him. And, you know, obviously that's happening today with him in town. Did Is Kitchens, if, if he wants Kitchens in Cleveland, I can't see them going with Stefanski over, over Kitchens if that's what it's come down to in Cleveland. He's going to get Kitchens. I would think so, yeah. I mean, I know Freddie interviewed well there. They, they saved his interviews at the end, and I think that that was purposeful. It was We want to be able to go through with everybody and then look at a guy that we really like. Um, obviously, it's a little outside the box. I mean, four months ago, the guy was the, was, was the running back's coach. You know, and so, Hey, listen, he loved him. The kid loves him. So, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. What surprised me was LaFleur. I mean, LaFleur, to me, didn't have a resume. Yeah, and you know what's interesting about it, Mike, is I think we're going to look back at this, all of this, in three or four years, and we're going to see 2019 as being the year that everybody overreached to go and get the next Sean McVay. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be Cliff in Arizona or it's going to be Matt LaFleur um, you know, in, in, in Green Bay or Freddie in Cleveland, but I think that there's a really, really good chance that you know, three, four years down the line, we're going to look back at this hiring cycle and we're going to say, there are at least two or three guys here that are examples of teams overreaching to find the next shot. Well, Kingsbury day. gets a job because of his work with Mahomes. LaFleur yep. gets a job because he was rubbing elbows with McVay. Uh, I mean, as you're right, these guys, i got to be honest, you know, a guy, as I said a minute ago, and I understand that I've been around the league over 40 years, so I, I'm getting old. But the point is this. You couldn't go from losing to Texas Tech to get a head coach in the NFL. I mean, that was not happening. I mean, that you know that that was not a jump you could make in the past. No, and it's it's really it's it's I think a product of what's happened with the pipeline. You know, where they're turning over seven eight coaches every year, so the pipeline gets sapped. It's the product of you know I think owners watching the game, and I think a lot of owners turning on that Rams Chiefs game. To be quite honest with you, uh, I'm in late November and pointing at the TV and saying I want that. Um, you know, and then I think it's, you know, it's part of it's the uh, investment that you're making on the offensive side of the ball now. And when over the half the league has a quarterback on its roster making over $20 million a year, I think the way a lot of the owners look at it is, well, I got to invest in that position. I got to get it right. And I got to do everything that I can to make sure that the 20, 25, $30 million investment I'm making on that side of the ball pays dividends. And, you know, one way to do that. Um, is to, to build infrastructure around the quarterback. And um, a lot of people think that, you know, the idea that, that, that you have, that, that, that a great way to do it would be to put a head coach in place who's going to work with him, who you won't lose if you start winning. Talking with Albert Breer about all the coaching. All right. Um, I'm hearing, I mean, this isn't a big one, but uh, it sounds like Cutter might go to Atlanta as the offensive coordinator, huh? They're Cutter? Right. And that's, okay. that's, that's, that's coming, that's coming down the line now. Um, I know that they've, talked with him over the last couple of days and it's it's someone Matt Ryan would feel very very comfortable with um you know what's going to be interesting here is that they've been pretty adamant about keeping the terminology and keeping the approach that Kyle Shanahan put in place there in 2015 2016 cutters from a little bit of a different 
football family. Um, his terminology, his methods are a little different. And so I think part of this is working out what the offense is going to look like with Cutter in charge. Um, you know, again, something that Dan Quinn sort of wanted to keep in place. And I think to some degree it hamstrung Steve Sarkeesian, at least in his first year. Um, you know, now I think that they still like to keep all of that in place. And working through, you know, what they, you know, what 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 they're going to do on that end, I think is you know, part of the final pieces of putting it together with Tyler. All right, let me get the three, uh, three names uh, or three entities, and let's mix them and, and match them. We have the Jets, we have Miami, we have Mike McCarthy. Let's let's take them one at a time. Let's take Mike McCarthy. There were reports on Sunday that he was completely out of the jet job. I have not been able to confirm that being a fact. I have been told that's not a fact. I don't know where they, I I haven't been told that he's in, but I haven't been told that he's out. Uh, I don't have, I don't have any information on Mike McCarthy, but I don't have that. He's out of the jet job. Uh, Where do you have Mike McCarthy right now? Interesting. These jobs have all closed up around them, but there's still the jets and there's still Miami, which are two very prominent jobs. I mean, I wouldn't be totally shocked if he winds up sitting the year out if he doesn't get the Jet job. I do think that he, that he has an interest in the Jet job, um, and I think the Jets have an interest in him. You know, and I do think that there's and look, part of this, I think you know this, Mike, is that um, there are different people in that organization who may want different things, and so you know, he does have support there, but I wouldn't say it's overwhelming support. They're going to have to make a decision on which way they're going to go. Um, if he doesn't get the Jet job, I don't see him getting the Miami job. Okay. That the Arizona job is it's now gone. closed. It's the gone. Tampa job is going to be and closed. And forget soon. Cincinnati because they don't pay anybody. So yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, you start to look at Mike McCarthy's not going to Cincinnati. Denver. No. It's not going to be Denver. I, like, it's just you start to look at it. It's like, all right, maybe it makes sense for Mike McCarthy to sit out a year. Well, you know, well, Denver's going to be Denver's going to be Munchak or Fangio, right? Isn't that what we're hearing? Yeah, Denver's. I, I, I mean, look, I think Vic interviewed there well. Um, you know, part of this, of course, is, you know, fitting the pieces together. And, and Gary Kubiak's presence there, I think, is something to keep an eye on, too. Okay. Um, if Munchak gets the job, I think Gary Kubiak's likely the OC. I would assume that Vic Fangio would be, and I don't know this, but I would assume that Vic Fangio would be amenable to that, too. I think, you know, part of this is putting those pieces together. And that's the unique thing about the Denver job is that, you know, Elway's has, has such a booming presence in that building that it's just, you know, you're sort of putting the pieces together around him. And one of those pieces, I think, is going to be Gary Kubiak in some capacity. If it's Munchak, I would, I would bet that it'd probably be as the office. Well, and one thing, too, that's happened is the league wanted Jim Caldwell to get a job. He has not gotten a job. Um, and that makes me afraid. And listen, I have nothing against the man. He's a class act. Uh, he's a solid coach. But to me, he's a... He's an uninspired choice. He's a he's a he's a nine and seven choice to me for the Jets. It's not the that's not the way I would go. I can't say that you could tear it down if if Jim Caldwell takes over your franchise. You can't say, hey, you hired a guy who can't win. He can win. He's already proved he can win. He's already proved he can lead. He's a classy man, but it's not an inspiring choice in that he's not an imaginative coach. Uh, I just. Uh, I would shoot for something more interesting is my point, but I wonder about him because I know the league really wanted him to get a job. Yeah, and I understand what you're saying. He's got support, too, from Tony Dungy, which I, you know. Oh, of course. I, I, yeah, I which, I listen, he's a class act, too. I mean, the guy's, the guy's going to represent your franchise. He's a class act, and right. he's not a bad coach. He's not a no. bad coach. 
No, I mean he went to a, look. He went to a Super Bowl. He went to a Super Bowl in uh, in, in Indianapolis. Three winning seasons in four years in Detroit, and they fell off the table after he left. And he inherited a mess there. Um, I don't think there's any question. Like he can be a coach who can come in and who can make your program level again. I, I now totally whether or not agree. you can bring him, he can take you over the top. That's a question. But I think if you're if if, if you're a team in a position where you just need. You know, if you have, like, say, a circus, you know. Yeah, he's a, he's a, a solid, he's a solid choice. He's a yeah. solid, you know, he's like buying a new Buick. He's a solid choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what he is. I mean, he's, he, he's not going to hurt you. He's, yep. he's, he's not, he's, he's, it's not like he doesn't have ability, but he's just not inspiring. That's all. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I understand what you're saying there. Um, I, look, I mean, if, if you're looking for a guy with a high ceiling, he's probably not it. If you're looking for a guy who can maybe develop your young quarterback, Stafford has some great years um, with him and can make your program level and get you know, put together a good staff and you know establish something that's sustainable. Like I, I think he could be your guy again. Like you said, the question is, can he can he take you over the well, top? What are you hearing he about the Jets? Really Tell me, what are you hearing Denmark. about the Jets right now? Anything? I. I I think that the I think one name that's sort of fallen off the radar a little bit, but you probably want to just continue to keep an eye on is is Adam Gase. Now Todd Munkin's in the mix; he's in there today. I believe that's their last scheduled interview. Um, and you know Matt Rule's another name that's been out there, and, and I I believe he's part of the mix too. They were committed to seeing the process through. Christopher Johnson wanted that; he wanted to go through an entire process, and he wanted to do this that way. And they've adhered to that. Um, I would not rule out Adam Gase as a possibility there, along with the other names that you're hearing. Guys right, like and what about Miami? Well, Miami's, you know, is looking to make a splash. Where can yeah. they go to make a splash? There is. I can't. I was trying to think where can. Now listen, Dabo Sweeney's not going to coach in the pros. He's not going to do it. He's not. He's not a pro guy. I think yep. he doesn't consider himself a pro guy. Uh, he's a very. Uh, preachy religious guy i mean he's a terrific coach but he's very he's very much a rah 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 guy he's not i i think he's better off i think he knows he's better suited to the pros i mean to college than he is the pros plus he's making a fortune at clemson yeah yeah i mean he's one of these guys where it's like he's not in the same category as pat fitzgerald and um and and david shaw because it's I, those guys are coaching at their alma maters. They're in comfortable situations. They're never going to have to worry about their job security. But he's sort of there in that whenever, if he ever wanted to take that shot, it's going to have to be pretty perfect. He's already a king up. at Clemson. He's already a god there now. He yeah. can, they can stay yeah, there I mean, for the rest like, of his no, life. And he's got it rolling now, too, Mike. Yes. I mean, they're, this is, I mean I, you can still make the argument that they're right at the front end of something, the way they're playing, the way that program is oh, built, absolutely. the amount of underclassmen they've got there. Yes. Uh, no question. They, listen, they're going to be back next year. There's no question. Absolutely no question. Yes. Uh, and he's, got, he's definitely got it rolling. And, and when your defensive coordinator in college gets paid $2 million a year, you know you're getting paid. So, I mean, right. you know, Max Venable makes $2 million a year. So, uh, you know, so the, the uh, um, what's called it? Uh, so he's not your answer. I can't find an answer. Yeah, Miami's and, – and, and that's why Miami might go down the road of taking – a flyer on a younger guy who's promising, who you're projecting into the job a little bit, like a Brian Flores from New England, like a Chris Richard from Dallas. I would tell you, you know, Stephen Ross showing up in Jerry's box on Saturday night 
and watching and observing Chris Richard, like I think there is meaning to that. They do have a real interest in him. Um, again, like their eyes in the beginning, their eyes were on guys who who bring sizzle, and I think in particular John Harbaugh's name was at the very top of their list. I think as those names sort of fall off, and as they realize that maybe this might that might not be available to them this time around, they're open to the idea of bringing in a guy like you know like a like a Brian Flores or a Chris Richard. The one thing I would put on your radar there too is and it's been pointed out to me by a couple of a couple of people who work in these circles is Chris Greer, who now has all the power in Miami. His background is in college scouting. So he knows all the college guys inside now. And so it would, and you know the way these things work, Mike, the college ones almost have to fly under the radar. Like this could be, this could be one of those where if they look at the candidates that they have and they want to pull an extra lever, I think there's a, there's just a possibility out there that maybe they look in the college level and maybe that's where they find their sizzle. But I think right now, uh, assuming they can't get John Harbaugh out of Baltimore and, 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 and I, I, I'm he, not, my understanding I is Harbaugh and my, he's Harbaugh staying, right? he, he's, com- he's committed. I thought already. Well, yeah, I like my understanding is now they're talking about a long-term extension, which, you know, they, they've been discussing it. Those discussions are, 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 are on track right now. I mean, barring those falling off of track, the fact that they're talking about it right now tells me that for right now, at least Harbaugh's off the table, which, again, I think sends Miami back to those guys like a Flores, like a, like a Richard, and maybe, you know, dipping your toe in the pool with some of the college guys, too. Yeah, I mean, Brent Fennell's making $11.6 million over five years. I mean, that's think about that. Your defensive coordinator. Crazy, right? Brent Fennell's yeah. making $11.6 million as a coordinator. Yep. I mean, that's insane. I mean, these colleges can pay these guys so much money now, and he's not. that's why Shaw, that's why Harbaugh, that's why all these guys, they don't have to go to the pros to get paid. They get yep. paid a fortune in college, and that keeps them out of the pipeline, which is why – they're reaching so much for these head coaches. And the other thing is, as you know, in the old days, the cycle was four years. You gave everybody four years. Now they'll run guys out after one year. No question. Yeah, and that's the thing is that, like, you know, I, I, I think that that's, that's the one thing you have to consider with with all of these guys is that, um, you know, where's their leverage, right? Like, so if you're, you know, at Josh McDaniels, say, and you're going for your second shot, you can say, because you have some money in the bank, you can say, okay, like I'm, I'm going to wait. If you're a college guy and you're making 6 or $7 million a year, you can say, I'm going to just wait to take my shot whenever. If you're a guy like a Flores or a Richard who hasn't been a head coach before and someone puts $25 million in front of you, you probably should take it. Because even if you get hired, fired in a year, you're getting that money. Like Vance Joseph and, uh, Vance Joseph and Steve Wilkes, they're getting all their money, you know, and so while, you know, you can look at it and you can say, well, you know, maybe they should have waited. Maybe those weren't the right places. I think with guys who are first-timers, there's more of a tendency to jump because that's guaranteed money. That's life-changing money, and it's hard to turn that down when it's right in front of you. All right. We're not – we're, we're uh, on the NFL. Uh, we won't hold this against you. So uh, this is just gut feeling for my audience. If I gun to your head – Jet coach is going to be God. Just gun to your head. Gun to my head. This is tough. I'm going to give you 
I'll give just you tell Adam me what comes into your mind. Don't worry. We won't hold it against I'll, I'll you. We, we, just we just Adam want to know what you're thinking. We just want to know what you're thinking. Adam keeps popping into my head. I think, I think Rule and Munkin are possibilities, too. Gase is the one that sort of feels to me like the one that would appease everybody who's part of that process. Okay. I just want to know what was going on because yeah. that's, you know, that's what people want to hear was just what your thought process is as you go through sure. this process. Thanks very much. We'll talk later. Thanks for you. Thank you. You got it, Mike. Thanks. All right. Albert Breer, so his gun to his head is Adam Gase, okay, which won't make a lot of people happy. I, I think it'll make very few people happy probably. I don't know who's going to make people. I think Mike McCarthy will make about 60% of the people happy, maybe 70. I don't think anybody else will make anybody more than 30% of the people. And these assistants who you can hire in these other places, if you hire them here, with the Jets' history, they will go crazy. You hire a rule here, you hire a, a monk in here, they're going to go crazy. If they had hired LaFleur here, Jeff fans would have gone nuts. If you look at him, he's got no resume. He's, hired, he's, he's coaching the Green Bay Packers with no resume. Kingsbury, all right, he worked with Mahomes. The guy lost to Texas Tech. How do you go from being a Texas Tech losing head coach to being a head coach in the NFL? That's how it works these days. Back after this.